Hello, everyone. My name is Adam Lines. I am joined today by Musty, our resident staff writer. Arian is not uh, joining us for the podcast this week because he is busy with other Formula One related commitments, I'm sure. And so, hi, Musty. Hey, what's up? You right? uh, We're doing good because, uh, and I'm sure the fans are doing good too because they're listening yeah. to a Formula One podcast. <laughs> Probably uh, not so great after the race that they watched on Sunday, but yeah. we're going to shed a little bit of light in a gloomy time and after a gloomy mm. race. And yeah, so as you probably guessed by the title and the introduction, we were talking about the 2021 Belgium Grand Prix race. If you can call it a race, still that's kind of up in the air. We have to we have to make up a new name. Yeah. Farce, I guess, is one of them. A disappointment. A tearjerker. It was sad and uh unsafe. I guess mm. the Belgium Grand Prix unsafe. So yeah, let's just get, let's just get right into it. Let's yeah. just, let's going to leave nothing, nothing, <laughs> no stone is going to be left unturned today. So I think, and we talked about this before that we should talk about uh, qualifying because that was the exciting part. So it's going to be almost kind Definitely. of a, a qualifying review, but also mm. a race review race, lots of controversial topics and lots of memes which is better than nothing, I guess. So, yeah, qualifying. Musty, what were your thoughts on qualifying? Well, no. obviously, George Russell, P2. Can't, can't hate it. Can't hate it. Gotta love it. Um, also, like, just the... Just how wet it was on track, obviously, with the Lando crash as well. Like, talking about how... If they if they should even, like... I don't know how safe it was on track. Yeah, that's probably a big topic. Yeah, we can talk about effort. Yeah, qualifying one. I, I I slept through, and I now I don't know why this happened. I never do this, but I slept through the first five minutes of qualifying, and I woke up in a panic. And I was in Montreal in a hotel, and I turned on the I turned on the qualifying, and yeah, it was delayed because of the rain. But luckily, with qualifying, they can kind of delay it a little bit better. And we got lucky with qualifying. The first two practice sessions on Friday were completely dry, or pretty much dry. And then Saturday was kind of a nightmare. Not as much of a nightmare as Sunday, but a nightmare nonetheless. But, yeah, Lando Norris, I really thought he was going to do he was going to do numbers. Like, I, I thought he could have got pull for sure if he made the right strategy call and made it through Q3. But, no, I had to start at the back of the grid. Yeah, That was, a, a, that was the first of many screw-ups by the FIA. And yeah, the first seven. Yeah. It's like he, he was topping the timing charts at the start of the session. And uh, yeah, I was going up by Rouge and like he uh, he was correcting a counter or something. I forgot. But, yeah, um, he, he started to slide and hmm. he corrected that. And then as soon as it had, it's so classic to happen in racing, especially hmm. in Formula One cars where the grip just decides to come back hmm. and you correct. Then the tires get gripped, but mm. you're turning the other way. So you yeah. snap the other way, and there's yeah. then you're a passenger. And I was terrified watching. I had flashbacks to the Pocono, I'm probably saying that wrong, Pocono, uh, soup, like the Pocono with, um, oh, what's his name? The IndyCar, uh, Robert Wickens in the IndyCar. If you don't remember that crash, he's, he went up, hit the crash fence, and his car was spinning. He, the car was spinning like crazy and it really messed up his spine. 
and kind of broke his back. So he was, and he was severely injured. He's doing better now, but so as soon as I saw Lando Norris come spinning up Al Rouge and Radion, I was, I was terrified and didn't stop stressing out until he got out of the car. Yeah, honestly, it's like the safety of the current F1 cars keeps like impressing me. It like with the obviously the Grosjean crash in Bahrain and mm-hmm. like being able to walk away from such crashes like this is like is you know, quite impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, the guys, yeah, the guys are definitely built different and the cars are built different as well. He did mm-hmm. get kind of lucky the way the way he hit the barrier, the car absorbed a lot of that impact and he didn't have to absorb it. So he wasn't, he wasn't injured. And yeah, we need to do something, not we as in us at the Annika podcast, we can advocate for it, but the spa organizers need to do something about that Al Rouge Radion corner. I don't think they should change the nature of the corner. I think the nature of the corner is fine. Like the shape of it, mm-hmm. but like you, like we've mentioned before, the runoff areas are so dangerous. And we've seen that in W series. And granted, there are other factors in W series where it is a junior racing league. So there is less experience than formula one and other like, so that can contribute to it, but it was also slippery conditions, low tire pressure and things like that. And that caused to have like a eight car pileup in qualifying. So Wesley, what do you think needs to be done about the El Rouge? Yeah, we should just change it, the corner. No, nah, definitely you can't take away the heritage of the corner, but maybe yeah, just change maybe like runoff runoff. It's like it's it plays such a big difference. Like in uh obviously in like um poorer car they use uh, they don't use they use less gravel traps and they use more concrete runoff. Mm-hmm. If you provide more concrete runoff and the tighter regulation on like um the corner like uh, driving drivers being able to take different lines the same lines I, I reckon it'll be fine see that i do disagree with that a little bit yeah. i think gravel they've been talking about gravel because there was a crash in the wc 24 hours of spa a little while back there was the jack gaking crash this year obviously the antoine hubert crash mm-hmm. in 2019 there was the um the Lando Norris crash, that one, it spat him out back on the track, which is pretty dangerous. And luckily mm. there were no cars around him. He could have easily been T-boned by Sebastian Vettel, who did not see him. Yeah. Sebastian Vettel yeah. was like nine tenths behind him and couldn't see him behind the spray. He would have probably T-boned him. It's really yeah. hard to see coming over that hill. Definitely. And if there's not a red flag or something immediately, you go in so fast that you can take someone out. And yeah. the same thing with W Series. They crash it that hit the barrier it spits them back out instead of absorbing them or keeping them in a gravel trap and then the other cars coming up are distracted by that and lose control or lose control to the same nature that the first two drivers lost control and thankfully i think everyone in the w series is okay a couple went to hospital for some further checkups but everyone should be racing in the next w series race and jack aiken same thing he's all right but then the Antoine Hubert, like there's there's no reason that that crash needed to unfold like that. It could have mm. just been a simple, he just lost control, hit the barrier and stayed in the gravel trap. And then to monologue a little bit more, I think having that gravel trap also kind of stops you from taking advantage of that corner because you can cut Al Rouge coming up on the inside. Oh, yeah. 
a little bit. I do it all the time in the Formula One racing game. So if they took the gravel, put a gravel trap in there, there's no chance I would do that. But yeah, those are my thoughts on the. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. The Lando Norris crash. I. What do you do? You think they should have let them go racing, or do you think Sebastian Vettel was right? They should have called the red flag. Sorry, talking about racing or qualifying? <laughs> qualifying. Let them do. Qualifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like as long as as long as Lando was okay, and the obviously the track was cleared, but also yeah, to be fair, it was like quite poor conditions. It's such a hard. Um, it's such a hard. Uh, Sort of decision to make obviously because like at the end of the day it comes down to like one man's decision to call it off or yeah. not and one borderline some people would say incompetent man i think he is not michael massey is who we're talking about obviously i don't think he's getting enough slack and i think he should be cut cut a little bit more slack but yeah is it's, it's a very tough it was a very tough decision because there's so many so many factors into letting them go mm-hmm. racing like they had all the time in the world, and yeah, why not? Just wait four days. Just wait until Thursday and do the race. I don't mm. care. Wait until Wednesday and do qualifying and Thursday the race. But yeah, my thoughts on that, I, I really don't agree that they sent the guys out. They sent the cars out. I just think it was worth waiting a little bit mm. because that was pretty dangerous, and we've seen that before. Like 2014, you know, we'll never forget Jules Bianchi, Japanese Grand Prix. Like the mm. entire time we were watching that race, and I was like, "Okay, we need to send these guys out." Like, just, just like if it was up to me, I would totally send them out to race. And then I was like, "The last time that happened, you know, we lost one of the um, potential goats of the sport, and Jules Bianchi." And then, yeah, especially around Spa, it's so tricky because the rain when the rain's that treacherous, like going up Al Rouge. Imagine sending twenty cars up up Al Rouge. Then it's dangerous, dangerous enough. Try. <laughs> Yeah. I couldn't mm. imagine going up going up that web. Massive balls, in my opinion. <laughs> drones. Oh yeah. Yeah. But so yeah, I, I don't think they should have sent land. They they shouldn't have sent them out. It's a little unfortunate. Lando Norris, it was a little bit of his air, but it was wet enough and then obviously Sebastian Vettel what a, like Sebastian Vettel just every race is adding to the reasons I love Sebastian Vettel especially this yeah. year his yeah his on track and off track behavior is he's he was a bit of a villain in the 2010 to 2013 but now like just Definitely. stuff like that just everything he's yeah. playing soccer with Mick Schumacher yeah you yeah, know yeah. watching the race of champions in 2010 <laughs> Or 11 when he was playing with Michael Schumacher. They were yeah, yeah. in the soccer ball. That was going around on the internet. But yeah, short story. I love Sebastian Vettel. Hmm. Okay, so we're 10 minutes in and we've only talked about qualifying. George Russell on P2. That's the last thing we got to talk about. Then we got to talk about the race because yeah. it technically <laughs> is a race review. But if it was a race hmm. review, it'd be five minutes long. And I'm sure Definitely. you would like to hear our beautiful voices for longer than five minutes. So, oh, yeah, yeah, George Russell. Yeah, the reason he was up there was it was all skill. It was Definitely. people say, Definitely. oh, he got lucky because he put on the right tires. No, he was lucky because he went out at the right time and he was you know, like he was 
skilled enough to be able to make mm. the call to put on the right tires, yeah. went out at the right time, did an amazing job to heat up his tires properly. And I remember seeing him, Lewis Hamilton did not qualifying. Botas was nowhere near him. Perez, no one could get near him. He was purple in the first sector. He was even purple in the second sector, I think, or the third sector. And he qualified provisional pull. And I, as you know, I'm a massive Red Bull racing fan, like through and through. Love Red Bull. I'm wearing the Red Bull hat. Check us out on YouTube if you want to see my awesome Red Bull hat from 2017. But I didn't want Max to qualify. I kind of wanted him to get his first pole position. Yeah. It would have been sweet. He's been denied before, but it would have been sweet vengeance. But he'll have lots of poles in the future. Yeah, it's early doors for George Russell. Oh, early for doors. Sure. It's like, yeah. two, it's, like two seasons in. Yeah, it's so hard to believe that commentators were saying that like they're not lying when they say Williams on provisional pole. Yeah, is that is that? Can is like Max Verstappen's coming around the last corner. Can he beat George Russell? And I'm like, what year is this? Like, what are we watching here? If I fell asleep, if I slept through that qualifying, or if anyone slept through that qualifying, I would have thought, what the hell happened? Even if even if I didn't watch the race, if I just tuned in after, if I was that fan who just tunes in after, and I'm like, I'm just gonna look at the results and watch the awesome undercut podcast, I wouldn't, I would have believed it. Mazapin fastest lap, George Russell P2. <laughs> but yeah, what a lap from him. And it was a combination of being on the right tires, like with the intermediates, going out at the right time, getting the tires in that crucial temperature and just mm. being blisteringly quick. Like what mm. else does he need to do to get that Mercedes seat? People fairness, thought, oh. Brit, in fairness, Brits have like a tendency to be good in the rain. Obviously, yeah, it's because it's raining all the time. <laughs> it constantly rains, except for the Silverstone weekend didn't rain then. Yeah. But yeah, constantly rains. So move, speaking of constantly raining, let's move on to the race. The rains. The race. I'm trying oh, to make a pun that didn't work. Yeah. So what do we want to talk about first? What? Because not a lot happened, uh, but there was a little bit of controversy. The, uh, well, the first half of the race was awesome. You had Max Verstappen leading, George Russell P2. George Russell's catching Max Verstappen. You're going a little bit slower than normal. So the first half of the race, vis-a-vis the first lap of two, was lightning. Second half was kind of a snooze. Second lap. Mazepin fastest lap. Can't forget the the actual, I I bet, like, a tough call, but I bet it will never happen in F1 again. Like, it will be rare. An F1 car can actually crash on the the formation lap and still make it to the starting grid. (laughs) Yeah, we'll start at the formation lap. The only piece of action that I missed, I'm a terrible Formula One fan, clearly. I missed first four minutes of qualifying, and I missed that crash because I'm American, well, Canadian, and I'm, I was watching an episode of Hoarders, which is a show about people who hoard different materials. They just, the room's a mess. So I was watching an episode of Hoarders. It's 8.15 my time, and I'm like, all right, in 10 minutes, I'll, I'll turn on Formula One. What's going to happen in 10 minutes? And I turn on it. Sergio Perez in the wall. So I missed the one piece of action. But, yeah, we'll never see, like, I mean, we should never never say never in Formula One because you, mm. you never think yeah. it can get weirder. And in and it does. all my life, I would never have thought Nikita Mazepin would get fastest lap. If you <laughs> told me Nikita Mazepin fastest lap in the Belgian Grand Prix, like, 
two three days before i wouldn't believe it. but i've learned yeah. to not be surprised by that kind of stuff and never just say never. yeah that's the kind of stuff that's so unique to formula one and one of the reasons i love this sport so much because you have things like this where it's like nikita mazapin fastest lap or safe there's so many firsts i i've screenshotted them and i'm we're going to go through the first right after we talk about the um the sergio perez stuff because yeah sergio perez in the wall i kind of feel bad for him because they were pretty treacherous conditions but at the same time i, mm. I don't really feel bad at all yeah it is a 19, 19 other drivers did that lap to get to the grid yeah it's kind of your responsibility as a driver to get to the grid mm. i don't know what you were doing he went up on the curb then aquaplaned wide onto the other curb uh, after the camel straight and just couldn't get control of the car. The car just stepped away from him. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like you said, that is, that's so crazy that he crashed on the qual. Like it's happened before. Max just happened 2019 in uh, Hungary or 2020. Yeah. It also happened to David Coulthard in Monza. I forgot what year, but yeah, it was um, oh, yeah. when he was driving. For, I think for for McLaren, I think. Yeah, yeah, like he was on pole and he crashed on the first lap. I, I think it was dry even. He, um, you know, the Iskari chicane. I think he went like onto the gravel and couldn't get out. I think huh. that's a little F one fact uh, from uh, Musty. I had no idea, but yeah, so it has happened before, but never to the degree where you're out. And then you're mm, out when mm. the race starts and then yeah. you're able to come back on. And that was a big talking point between the FIA. Cause again, the FIA was, you can give them a little bit of slack, but they were so messy. It was so messy. This race, this race, it was mm. unbelievable. I mean, it was, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but yeah, Sergio Perez, they were going to let him on and then they weren't going to let him rejoin. And then Mercedes said yes. And Red Bull said then sorry, Mercedes said no, and Rebel was like, "Why not?" And it was just such a fluke incident that I don't think the FIA could ever like. Where who would think to write that in the rule <laughs> yeah. book? Like, if a driver Definitely. crashes out on the formation lap and they fix and he qualifies out and the race is delayed so long because of rain that he's able to join, do they let him back in? It's probably is in the rule book because they think everything, but. Yeah, that was a little a little weird from the FIA. I didn't know if they were going to let him. And then he was all of a sudden he's at the back of the grid. Then it didn't matter. So a little unfortunate that they threw away some points because they could have caught up to Mercedes more. Yeah, definitely. And not a race that uh, Sergio Perez will want to remember. No, well, not for many drivers. Yeah. So moving on. Usually we would go by lap or talk about the yeah. start or moves or overtakes, but there was none of that. <laughs> it was rainy and I it was raining more. a lot. And I'm trying to think of the first piece of action because yeah, it was raining and then it was going to start the five minute delay. And I said, fine, it was a 10 minute delay. Okay. 15, 20, 25 minute delay. And then it was a 30 minute delay. And then they went out to do a couple formation laps Too rainy came in red flag. And I just sat there. I sat on my couch for seven hours. I can't even imagine the fans <laughs> in the stand because I sat on my Man. couch for seven hours, six and a half hours from start to finish. But yeah, we sat under the red flags, watched some soccer, watched some bocce ball or whatever <laughs> they were playing, watched a couple other things. And then 
Then we went out for two laps. What do you, what, this is the controversial part that controversial for a couple of reasons. I must say, I want your opinion on, should they have gone out for the two laps? Should they have gone out for the two laps and called it quits and just not awarded points? What should the FIA have done in that situation? Well, definitely the only reason they went out was to get the two laps in. Definitely, mm-hmm. like, no doubt about that. But yeah, I feel like it was such a, the issue is that two, two lap rule is such a like weird thing because they, they obviously never thought they'd ever actually have to use it. Mm-hmm. But it, then they actually did. But yeah, I feel like maybe they shouldn't have just not should have just cleaned up and out because it's not like it's not like there was two laps of racing, there was two laps of driving behind the safety car. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit mixed on it. I haven't really like, concreted my opinion, I guess, on it. I started off thinking that they should have counted it, but now I'm not really thinking that because it was a bit of a farce. I just think the whole day was a bit a bit weird and could have been handled differently, but at the same time, it couldn't have been handled differently. The, the FIA says they brought the cars out for, to test the track, but they knew everyone knew that it was way too wet to go racing. Mm, So, but my philosophy behind wanting them to do those two laps is just so much preparation the week before you you fly Mm. there and, you so much yeah. work and qualifying and so much effort just to show nothing for it didn't mm. really make a lot of sense to me. Like George Russell did an absolute, it was a hammer mm. time for him in that qualifying session. The same thing with Max to put it on pole. So for them not to get, you know, anything out of that, I thought was a bit cheesy, but yeah. at the same time, you can't just award points to, you know, award okay. points to the guy in P5 because he qualified. Yeah. P5. But yeah. For in my opinion, it's, yeah. no, sorry. Uh, like, yeah, it's just more so the two lap rule is so awkward that, like, mm. I feel like, yeah, definitely, definitely you should have, um, they should have obviously got some sort of, like, I guess, like, they could have, should have came out of the weekend with something. But half points for two laps is a fair bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it was kind of weird. And it wasn't even two laps. Apparently, they messed it up. And the teams had it, they held a meeting because it wasn't a full two laps. They went out and did one and then came back into the pits. It wasn't a full two laps. It was one in a bit laps of racing. So, and as soon as I heard that, this would have been a very different podcast. It would have been me screaming into the mic for four minutes, ranting (laughs) about this. Because if they took away George Russell's podium and they took away like the Max Verstappen win, George Russell podium, you will never take that podium away from him. You cannot mm. discredit that no. at all. People are like, oh, it doesn't count. He was lucky. He was he's had so much bad luck, although some of it's been his fault, but mm. so much bad luck in the last couple of seasons that he deserved that P2. Didn't get a podium in secure, didn't get the pole position. But so a front row start for Williams and a podium with the trophy is something that he deserved. And you know, for the guy in P4, like Daniel Ricardo or Lewis Hamilton, like if you wanted that, you know, if you wanted that P1 or P2 position, you should have qualified in P1 or P2. Definitely, you can't definitely. qualify P3. So it's a little bit of that. Like it was 
equally as unfair for everyone. Yeah. So I don't feel particularly bad for a driver for qualifying like Lando Norris. I kind of feel bad for because I feel like he was cheated slightly. Not really because they shouldn't have sent him out anyway. But yeah, I do feel like um, they definitely made the good decision of like not letting them race at all. Like yeah, they should they, oh, like, sure. like to, it, it shouldn't have been like one lap of racing, then come back in or something, and then like some dodgy thing happens to like yeah. the driver up front. It was, I feel oh, like it was like the fairest way. Yeah, that wasn't yeah, I don't think that was ever in question for everyone, especially yeah. after um Japan 2014 mm. and seeing how dangerous this track can be. I was not upset that there was no racing at all that mm-hmm. day because mm-hmm. I was you know I was I was upset that there was no racing, but I was not upset that there was no racing that day. Cause again, those conditions were just so bad. The f- really funny thing was, this is a funny little story. I, so I, I drove, so I'm attending university at Wilford Laurier. So shout out to WLU. And I had to drive an hour and a half to my flat at school uh, on that Sunday. So I watched the race as soon as the race was over, I packed and I left. And when I was driving, it was raining so hard. It was the hardest I've ever seen it rain. Like probably just as hard, if not harder than the drivers, uh, than at spa. So, and I was so nervous driving. I had to pull over on the side of the road. Cause it like, I'm a pretty confident driver. Anyone who knows me knows that, but I had to pull over because it was raining so hard and I was going 80 kilometers an hour, like 55 miles. And it was, I had a windshield with a windshield wiper and I still couldn't see anything. And there was not a, you know, 800 millimeters of tire in front of me spraying up 60 liters or 30 liters a second. So as soon as that, like that happened, I was, I could almost, I really felt for them in the, in those conditions. I couldn't imagine going 200 miles an hour in that. Uh, So that was, that was a little uh, insight in my life. So yeah, but the rain, Rain was tough. The FIA just, they just didn't seem to know what they were doing. And it was kind of pissing me off. It was they're going to race and then it wasn't, it, there was a lot of pressure. And then they sent them out for the two laps. And I was like, should they have done that? Mm-hmm. And yeah. So what, so moving on, what, what do you think? Cause this is going to be a very short podcast. So one of the last things we're going to talk about, what do you, do you think that the organizers of the spa should give back, give compensation to the fans that showed up? Or do you think they should just say, you know, you got qualifying and it's just, it's just kind of part of the sport. You have to experience that. Weren't, weren't they, um, weren't they trying to like state that obviously the weekend ticket holders anyway, they got like three qualifiers, sorry, three practice sessions that are qualifying. So like he counted on a per session basis. They got a lot of mo- like a lot of, uh, well, they got a lot of their uh, money. Running time. But, Running time, sorry, running time, yeah. But in the end, obviously, they're there for the race and they didn't get a race. Uh, They got a race by definition, but not a race. No, they did not get a race. Uh, We're not qualifying as at a race. Yeah. It was, like I said, it was the first race. I got to go to my, I have it on my Instagram here. The, so it's the shortest race in Formula One history. Yeah. Like, I think it was like, uh, 14 kilometers or something like that. <laughs> the slowest race in Formula One history. The first 100% s- 
safety car rate race. There's a safety <laughs> car every single lap in that entire race. And the first ever podium for George Russell. And a really fun, f- again, like this is why I love Formula One. Because <laughs> unlike I've watched, I watch football, I watch American football, I watch hockey and I watch basketball. The unpredictability of Formula One and just how much can change and go wrong is insane. Yeah. The only team to score points in the last two races, both drivers, is Williams Racing. They are the only team on the grid in the last two races to have double points finishes. That is, I, I can't, I, I cannot fathom that. I, I can't believe that. That's not true. Thank you to the Wait. person who uh, provided that fact to us. Williams, Williams Constructors Williams 2022 confirmed. Hey, Adrian Newey. Adrian Newey's going back to the team. You got to get the, uh, I got the uh, FW18 right here, the model car. Going back to the FW15 as well. We're going back to that era next year. So if you don't want to be a Williams bandwagon, hop on the team now because they're going to. Williams world champion, Mercedes. They go, they go, they go. It'd be the most George Russell thing to happen. If he went to Mercedes and they were like eighth in the constructors next year. And Williams, <laughs> like Bottas goes to Williams, wins the world championship after a season long battle with TV. <laughs> George Russell doesn't get, he doesn't get any points. And they, but like, we'll say like Bottas gets like, he can't, he has to miss a race. For some reason, I'm not going to speak anything into existence. So he goes into Williams for the one race of the season and like secure next year. And he doesn't get any points because he gets a puncture. <laughs> That'd be the most George George Russell thing I've ever. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> George Russell, you you know that guy's going to be world champ. Like you just you just know. You Thank just you is definitely the. You just know. He's sorted. People give him a lot of shit in his rookie years because of his crashes and stuff. But look at Max Verstappen. Now he's fighting for the world championship. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, Fernando Alonso, Nicky Lauda, like all these guys that come into the sport and you don't win. Well, Nicky Lauda may be a different. So you don't, Kimi Raikkonen, already said him, you don't win in your first couple of years. It takes a while. You work with Jensen Button. You work your way up. Art and Senna. Uh, the, list, the list goes on. But yeah, George Russell is just. He's up there for sure. He's definitely, definitely up there. But so yeah, George Russell. And this is, I must say, this is the most Formula One weekend I've ever seen in my life. It's the most, the funniest thing that we pray for rain. We the whole paddock and the whole world does rain dances mm-hmm. every weekend. All we want is just a little bit of yeah, a little bit of rain. We've never had a full wet race. The last crazy full wet race was Germany. And that mm-hmm. one even transitioned to dries, but that race was insane. Germany 2019. If you haven't watched it, highly recommend. And besides a couple of sort of wet starts that weren't too crazy, both in Hungary it's, and Imola as well was pretty good, but we've never had a crazy wet race. And the first crazy wet race we get too much, too much too rain. Much. It's too many rain dances. Oh, it's just so unfortunate. This is a painful podcast to do. I don't, I'm not liking this podcast because I have to relive the Spa Grand Prix. Mm. I'm having fun though, Musty. It's not you. What's, fans, what's I'm having, that? it's not the fans either. 
what's your opinion on this um obviously there's a uh to be confirmed slot at the uh towards the end of the season Kimi Raikkonen is retiring oh is yeah that what you're talking no, about no no uh like oh. to like or like a race slot is uh still yet to be confirmed isn't it people are saying like maybe bring Belgium back for it uh the tbc <laughs> let me check the formula one website do my fancy my sleuthing my research uh like it's I, they're considering a couple of races like it's got to be somewhere near brazil i would be surprised if brazil happened if i'm being honest mexico mm-hmm. and the u.s sort of surprised i'm supposed to go to the u.s grand prix so i'm I really hope not Maybe a double header in Brazil, I think, or Saudi Arabia or Qatar, somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. It's fine because obviously yeah, the European season ends soon, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. They can't, it would be really tough for them to go from Brazil. Like they do have a two week break, but to go from, it would be maybe somewhere in Saudi Arabia or Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. so many tracks in, Albu- in Abu Dhabi, like track, different track layouts. You know, yeah. why not try something new? Fly back to uh, do secure, fly back to um, Bahrain. I think yeah. it would be good. But you know, Turkey's, it'll be a good rest of the season. I'm so excited for the Netherlands. Oh, yeah, definitely. To see, the banking on the track. Oh, so yeah, cool. to see, because I wanted to watch it so bad last year. Didn't get yeah, to watch it in 2019. And to yeah. see Max Verstappen, they've already put up road signs. Would they replace the 30? Oh, yeah. They've changed the speed rules for Max Verstappen to 33. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a track I definitely want to go to in the next. I want to go watch a race there soon. Not a lot of overtaking. It's going to be kind of a train. Yeah. See that it's really tough track to wrestle around, like to manage. Mm. So to see mm. who you know who can do the best around there, I think it's going to be Red Bull. But that'll reflect mm. in our predictions, which will come up in a couple minutes. What do you think should replace that TBC spot? It's a tough call. Obviously, it would have to be somewhere in like South America or something, or like uh, somewhere in the Americas, wouldn't it? Yeah. To make it easier, anyway. And I, don't, I don't know. Come to Mossport in Toronto. Tell them I come to Mossport. It's an iconic Canadian track, the Canadian tire motorsport track. Uh, who was raced there? Sterling Moss. I believe his race there, uh, Jackie X, I think is also a race there. It's a pretty good track. <laughs> it's not a Formula One ready, though, not even close. Mm. To be fair, I guess, uh, my guess is it would be somewhere in, the, in America because obviously they have like so many like high grade tracks already. Yeah. Even like just taking any track, any 500, yeah. bring it back, that awkward, weird. Oh, um, 2005? Yeah. 2005. Yeah. The last. The Can't last. Be- uh, yeah, can't be more of a disappointment than the 2020 Belgian Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, if you just say it's worse. Yeah, because obviously... Oh, for sure. I would uh, rather watch six cars go yeah. on the track and watch Jordan get their first podium in yeah. 2005 than not watch any racing and just mm-hmm. watch all of this beautiful rain that I want to see cars racing in. Yeah. Especially because there was supposed to be rain and you knew it was going to rain. So I was so excited. It was like first day of school. I had my Red Bull hat, my Red Bull shirt lined up on my bed, went to bed early, ready for this race. So excited to like get up and watch this from the television. And you didn't get any of that. So we're not going to do driver ratings because they're all getting fives. 
George Russell gets a 10. <laughs> you can give him a rating out of qualifying, but that one would even be tough. Yeah. You want to do a qualifying rating or you want to? Uh, maybe best of. Like, who's the best of, like, stand- like standout drivers? Or, nah, yeah, I guess well, that's not. No, we'll do. Um... Just do rating, yeah. You want to do the rating? Yeah, go on. Let's do the rating. Yeah. All right. And when you're getting a rating from qualifying, <laughs> you got to do some rating. Uh, this is going to be a pretty lame rating, but for Stappen, 10. Pull. 10. Yeah, pull. Yeah. Russell, it's 11. Like 11. Yep. Okay. Fair. P2. Uh, <laughs> Hamilton, like a seven. Yeah, seven. Not bad. Not great. Yeah. Standard. Ricardo. Ricardo. Ricardo went out on, got out at the right time, put in a great lap. You know, he was like a second. He almost got knocked out of Q1, and he was about a second behind uh, Max, like 1.1 seconds. But yeah, like an eight. Yeah, he's been, str- he's been like, not struggling. Yeah, he's been struggling in cars, hasn't he? I guess, like, most of the season. Mm-hmm. And a good, good performance. You can't, you have to, like, give it to him. Yeah. We're also just going to do the top 10. I know I'm changing my yeah. mind a lot here. Vettel. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good lap, P5. P5 in the yeah. race as well, so pretty impressive from him. Vettel, uh, an 8. Yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, I don't agree. Yeah. Gasly, just doing ghastly things. <laughs> you know, like We'll give, I think, an 8 as well. Pretty solid, yeah. really solid performance. Perez, you three seconds, two and a bit seconds off your teammate. Race, I mean, again, like... You can't just yeah. say, oh, he's three seconds off his teammate because it's very different circumstances for yeah, the driver. Definitely. When they set their lap times, but you're like a four. The race yeah, was terrible, too. Just threw yeah. away points. Botash, three. Yeah. Yeah. Ocon. Not... Ocon, like a seven. Seven. Yeah, six yeah. point five seven. Yeah. What do you think for Norris? Oh, let's go for Norris. I'll say, obviously, like crashed out and calling. So he, to be in fairness to him, he was topping the sheets. So I, I like apart from the crash, which was unfortunate, I'd give him like a seven point five. Is that yeah, a bit much? We don't do point fives at here at the Etika podcast, but so like a seven, I think. Seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like yeah. lightning quick in Q one and Q two. I was so excited yeah. to see what he could do. Yeah. and then these. The greenlit a track that probably shouldn't have been greenlit sent no. him out and he crashed partially because of that. So we've got we've got to give him some credit. Mm. But yeah, seven, seven. And that's it. The rest of them, like Leclerc four, Latifi, probably a nine. Signs for Alonso Stroll, like Stroll. They it's just really tough to tell. Yeah. And cool. yeah, so predictions for Zanvort. The Zanvort probably. Zanvort. <laughs> Max pole, fastest lap, winner. <laughs> okay, so Max, Max triple slam or uh, grand slam. Yeah, is it is it hat trick? Is it called a hat trick? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so your call, your predictions are Max hat trick, and what's your second one? Um, Alonso podium. <laughs> Alonso podium. Okay. <laughs> so Max, Max. Hatrick and Alonzo podium. Yeah. Yeah. My predictions are Gasly podium. Yeah. 
And it will be a very dull race. Yeah. Don't want to jinx anything. They're like like less than 20 overtakes. Yeah. Less than less than 15 overtakes. Have you seen the uh, onboard of uh, Verstappen going around in like the 2015 car, 2016 car? Yeah. Oh, it's like the 2013. Sorry. Yeah. Like, it looks like it's like the sickest lap to do as a qualifying, but not the best to go around racing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see qual. I'm just excited to see racing again after summer break. We were so hungry for a race, Mm -hmm. got nothing in the spa, waited one more week. So if the races aren't getting canceled because of COVID, they're getting canceled because of rain. It's just 2021 <laughs> things. This season can, I'm going to say it can't get weirder, but I know it. it's going to get it weirder. And you it know keep, that as well. It keeps getting weirder. Yeah, it keeps this season weirder. just keeps getting weirder. <laughs> and yeah, okay. so that's it from us. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thank you. Uh, sorry about missing last week. It's just summer break things. We got some big things coming in the future. Like I've mentioned, uh, thank you for a thousand followers on TikTok. Make yeah. sure you go and follow us on TikTok at Vianica Pod, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, all the Undercut Pod. Search us up. Uh, go to our website at www.theundercutpod.ca. Oh my God. I forgot to hold, hold your horses. Raikkonen is retiring. Yo, yeah, come on. I can't come on. believe no. he made the Instagram post today. We made a post about it. It's so sad. Yeah. It's yeah. it's so sad. I I mean you not to mention it. You forgot to mention it because you don't want to believe it. <laughs> I know. I did mention it because you were like the TBC. I thought you meant the driver slot for Alpha Romeo. Yeah. It's so who do you think? So yeah, Raikkonen, what a career. My favorite so yeah. many favorite Raikkonen moments, but the leave me alone. I know what I'm doing in 2012. That's on the TikTok. Uh, 2003 or six is it, walking. Is it? Uh, is it also going up? Uh, twi- twi- is it 2012 into Lagos? Going up the slip road, trying to get back onto the track. Ball. Yeah, Obviously, getting lost. Yeah, yeah. Ballsy move in Belgium, going through the smoke, sleeping before his first Grand Prix, getting an ice cream before his first Grand Prix walking straight after the car failed on him in in Monaco, like I said, in 2003, walking straight to the yacht and grabbing a beer. So many great Kimmy moments. He has provided a lot of action, a lot of quality. And mm. so, yeah, we will very much miss next season. Yeah. Reikinen, and we're excited to see Reikin in the last half of the season. I got to appreciate all these Reikin and races. Yeah. You, you know, you never really miss them. Until, you never miss them until they're gone. Definitely. Definitely. So, but yeah, who do you think is going to fill that TBC slot? We've already kind of talked about this in previous podcast. Yeah, I do feel like the the um, favorable option is obviously Mick in the Haas. Oh, and, you think you think Mick's but, going? Or, to... or but do you think Hulkenberg? Who do you think? Hulkenberg or Mick? I haven't heard that take before. Really? I. It's. I think it's going to be Callum Mylot for yeah. sure. And either Bottas or Gio Vernazzi. If Bottas doesn't go to Williams, I don't know if he will. And then in Williams, I think it'll be DeFries, De, Nick DeFries and uh, Latifi. But if Bottas mm-hmm. goes to Williams, then 
maybe Mick will go to Alfa Romeo and join Calamai Lot, and they'll kick out. Uh, they'll kick out um, Antonio yes. Giovinazzi. Yes. Maybe they'll Bottas and Giovinazzi, and Ayala won't get a seat. I'm excited to see who gets that seat. Yeah. I don't think it'll be Mick Schumacher. Hulkenberg might go to Williams, but we'll 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 see. Mm. But with choices, a lot of choices. Yeah, lots of choices and lots of silly season is upon us. Yeah. But definitely. thank you very much for listening. Like I said, go follow us at the Attica Pod on all platforms. Uh, thank you for supporting us and have a great evening, morning, afternoon, whatever you're doing. Yeah. And Thanks we will see you next week for this uh Zandvoort, the Netherlands Grand Prix race review. What's the official? No, 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 no. Let's see. Is it the Netherlands Grand Prix? We've never had a race there, so I don't even know what to call it. The it is the Formula One Heineken, the Dutch Grand Prix. That's Grand Prix. That was a, a horrible brain fart on my part. <laughs> how I did not know that. It's the Dutch Grand Prix, the Netherlands Grand Prix. All right. Okay, everyone, have a great uh, evening, and we will talk to you next week. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Mm-hmm.